Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Oh, today I've got a really special guest. She is what I consider one of my best friends on the planet, and she is also one of those people that conquered uh, a number of industries herself, and she is she's not only going to bring you some uh, great tips for how to make a break in the television industry, in basically the entertainment industry, but she's also got some tips for you musicians out there, you singers out there who want to make a break as well, because she's done it all. And she is, like I said, one of my closest friends. I am so, so honored to have the great Terry Dexter on the line with me right now. Hey, Terry, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. So excited to be here and to share. <laughs> oh, boy, you can't even talk without singing. You are just you, you are a singer all the time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. Well, Terry, uh, you know, I, I, I talked with you a few minutes ago before we actually went on the air. And I said, listen, we're going to start we have to start We're we're you got your start. And that yeah. is as a fantastic R&B <coughs> singer. And you yeah. started, you were a teenager. Actually, you were younger than a teenager when you got your start. But but talk to us about what it was like as a teenager breaking into the R&B music industry as a recording artist. Yeah. So actually, I started professionally when I was nine. I know. Yeah. Um, I was in a band called TriStar, and uh, we were all around the same age. The oldest in the group at the time, Rob, was about 14. I was nine. Chris, uh, 12. <clears throat> Mike, 13. And we would do shows all over the city on the weekends and then rehearse after school. One of the women that through one of the shows, ended up being a local agent. I started working with her, and then she kind of honed me and taught me everything in the studio, how to do background, how to sing, how to work with the mic, how to work technically, and also how to perform. So at about the age of 10, 11, I started doing professional background sessions and started making money, actually. <laughs> um, my mom would be there, you know, make sure, you know, oh, I was, yeah. uh, she was with me at all times. Um so some of the groups I would work with a lot of different rock groups, a lot of soul groups, R&B groups. One of the groups I worked with at just the age of around 10, 11 was Simply Red. Mm. Um, my, yeah, and I'm, uh, we did background about three wow. uh, songs at that time. So then I moved and from that point on to my first record deal, which was in my early teens. So I really started about nine and then kind of, you know, doing the, sh the recordings, recording my own uh, original records at that time, and then met another agent, kind of, it kind of step by step, and then they introduced me to um, my first label at the time was Electra Records, and I was about 13 when I signed there for my first deal, yeah. And, so and you were my, in Detroit, yeah. you were in Detroit, that's, yeah. that's where you, you were, you grew up, so yeah. you, that was the heart of the music industry, at least R&B, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, at the time, um, we, you know, obviously every, everyone knows Motown, the, the great oh, yeah. legendary Motown. I was in an era though, when it was kind of like, I would say it wasn't a whole lot of activity. Um, we had the great reputation at the time. I think the last great, great superstar artist coming from Detroit, everybody knows Anita Baker. Oh, yeah. Um, so at the day we have Aaliyah, you know, oh, uh, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. And so there, but there wasn't a whole lot of activity. So I knew, and my team knew at the time we had to, we had to stretch out and go to LA and New York. And that's what we did. Okay. You know, uh, yeah. And when did you move to LA? What, what, at what point in your music career were you brought out here? Yeah, so I had been traveling to New York City and L.A. since about my first deal when I first got signed. So I would spend a lot of time out here, sometimes a couple months at a time. I was working with my schools, my, you know, when I, so I was getting my education at the same time. But I would have a, uh, a guardian and mentor that traveled with me when my mother could not. Right. So I spent a lot of time out here. So I would say part of the year I was already living uh, in Los Angeles and New York and Detroit wow. um, when I finally moved. I moved to New York City first. I was there for a few years uh, during my first record deal through Warner Brothers. And then I moved to Los Angeles when I signed with A&M Records. So they were always labels that I was working with and projects that brought me to those specific cities. And were you ever with Warner Brothers? Weren't you with Warner Brothers? Yeah, so from Electra, I, I got signed to Warner Brothers mm-hmm. um, in my late teens, and um, that was the uh, the Terry Dexter self-titled release. I did have a release, yay! And, and, <laughs> and that went pretty big, uh, Better Than Me, right? That was your single? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Better Than Me, um, my first uh, single. Also, I co-wrote it, which at the time was pretty rare, mm-hmm. you know, for a young, especially female artist, you know, we're always fighting to, um, <laughs> you know, create and be a part of things. But um, um, that was one. I, I would say that that's probably one of the things I was most proud of being able to be a co-writer on my very first single as a teenager and fighting to do that, making sure right. that you know my stamp of writing was on my first ever wow. release. You and know? it was a big yeah. song. It was a popular song. Yeah. Yeah. It, we had um we had two we had an EP that came out later, which was the remix version with mm-hmm. Soleil, a rapper at the time, and then also the remix dance version with Hex Hector, Roy Davis Jr. So the record ended up turning into two more um uh uh versions of the record that also did very well. Wow. That yeah. is so awesome. And so uh you know, you 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 were a recording artist long before <laughs> you got into, you know, uh, or at least into the type of acting career you have now. Uh yes. and so what what you know, and so we'll, we're we're going to talk about your acting career which, you know, has just gone wildfire. <laughs> but I yeah. want to hear you and I in being a good friend, uh, we've been friends for Oh God! At least a, a decade. Uh, yeah. I've heard a lot of great stories, and I'm going to prod you about one of them. But I want to ask you before I, I I talk about that one. Uh, what do you consider your your just your favorite experience? The something that that just really resonates with you as far as being a recording artist. You know, as a, it starts with I would say as a songwriter, uh, the most amazing uh, part of it in in my experience is when I write a song it's and then i'm in the studio mm-hmm. you know it's bringing that song to life yeah. finally like giving life to that song there's no there's no better feeling than after the session sitting there on the other side with the engineer or co-producer or co-writer sitting there 
listening to that song that yeah. you've had in your head at home for some time. <laughs> and it's literally like giving life, like I call them my music babies. I'm birthing oh, my music babies. There you go. So that's, that's the best part. Yeah. You know, I, I had, I've had screenwriters, uh, on the show, screenwriters, you know, you know, who've done some pretty amazing things, uh, in Hollywood. Yeah. And we talk, uh, and I, of course, as you know, I've written screenplays and we talk about them being our babies. And yeah. and that's what a song is to you for sure. Is yes. you know, you birthed it, you know, and yeah. uh, and I understand that. Uh, but I have to ask you to tell the story because um, d- to me, one of my favorite, you know, because I can look back on our on our past and and hear so many of, of the stories you've told. And the one I I love the most is the Michael McDonald story. And when you were you know with the quartet singing, tell 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 uh, tell the audience about that. Oh, gosh. Um, for one, he's like one of the greatest. Yes, isn't <laughs> um, he? Oh, God. Yeah. And it was one of those re- one of those experiences where it was just a phone call uh, from Eric Benet called me say, hey, come to the studio. I want you to like uh, meet some people. And it ended up that I ended up being part of this charity record called Heart of America around Hurricane Katrina. And then it was all the money and proceeds went towards uh, that. Uh, what happened with Katrina in New Orleans right. and rebuilding <clears throat> um, House for Humanity. So anyway, um, just Michael McDonald was so, being as amazing as he is, yeah. and a legend, yeah. he was so giving and loving and supportive to me, not knowing me, you know, working with me for the first time. <laughs> I really felt he ne- he never judged. He was, he was very uh, respectful because sometimes, you know, um, I guess, you know, certain... Uh, I would say in in the arts, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not always you're not always embraced (laughs) by, I would say, the more experience, especially if you're on the same project. You know, sometimes that's that's not going to always happen, you know, but you navigate the best way you can. Um, But I would say he's he's one of the the, one of one of my favorite experiences working with someone of his caliber is that he really made me feel like an equal. Right. And he even gave me tips with mm-hmm. singing, like, oh, you should do this to prepare your voice. Like, I was like, I'm, he was so loving and so wonderful. Yeah. And I never once felt like I was less than or anything around him. He really made me feel yeah. like we are equal oh. and our, our gifts and talents are, you know, we're going to share them together. Now, so that's you, sang, you sang a song, though, with him and two <laughs> others. Who were the other two artists that you sang with that time? Yes. So the other two were uh, um, Winona Judd, okay. um, who's amazing, and Eric Benet. So Eric Benet and Winona Judd and Michael McDonald. And do you remember what the song, it was an original song. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, well, the record was called Heart of America. Okay. And it it was um, it was a, a charity record for Hurricane Katrina. Right. They all. It was also uh, which was wonderful. Um, another additive to it was the Today Show played it as the theme song of their show oh, for a long time. Every time wow. you turn on, you watch the, the Today Show, they would start their show playing that song. Wow. And <laughs> so uh, could if if if, uh, mm-hmm. if if somebody went on to YouTube and, t- and put in Heart of America, would that song come up, you think? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. You can find it there. It's on Apple. You can still oh. uh, hear it. Every it's still everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and and of course, you know that that's just awesome. Uh, that that one experience, and of course, it's 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 certainly got some significance more than just the fact that the four of you were singing it. Uh, it it yes. represented a time in our country when we were trying to come together, and I and I and I love the fact that that a song like that uh, is is going down as 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 the yes. song that represented that that very important time in our in our country um yeah so that yeah i remember you talking about that thing and that was just so exciting uh that you had that opportunity uh yeah so why don't we just go ahead i mean oh my god well there are so many uh things we could um discuss about your uh music career it went it, yeah. it's been decades <laughs> decades but uh but tell me uh where at what point as you were just doing the music thing, okay? Yeah. At mm-hmm. what point did you say, you know what? I think I'd like to try the acting thing. What? Did, how did that well, happen? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really share this uh, this story uh, too much, but I'll share it, of course, mm-hmm. with you and your <laughs> wonderful audience. Okay. Um, so I actually, my very, very first time acting, I was a kid. I was about uh, 9, 10 at the time doing music, and I got a call from my agent at the time, uh, they came to Detroit to shoot a, uh, it was like an after school special. Uh-huh. And I just remember them casting me as, it was like kids that were trying to break in the music industry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it was like, uh, gosh, it was like Frankie Valley was in, I remember, like a lot of uh, t- um, legend artists, you know, timeless yeah. artists that came in. And uh, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I'm on set for a week. I remember that and shooting that. And, uh, you know, I, I, it still wasn't enough for, I would say enough for me, uh, because music was very like, nope, you're going to stick with me and nothing else. Yeah. Um, I ended up also then doing a musical uh, when I was, you know, a couple years later and uh, for about a couple weeks in Detroit at the music hall. So it was acting and, and singing, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, but then, yeah, that still wasn't enough for me as that at that age to go, OK, I want to step into acting. So years later, I met David E. Talbert. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I'm going to say that I did not seek to want to get into acting, mm, okay? Okay. Now, I'm um, to be honest, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be very honest with everybody, of course. <laughs> and um, I didn't want it. And when I was doing record, you know, recording and on on Warner's and on A&M, I, you know, there were offers coming in as far as you know, because it's all connected. The entertainment yes, business is. is connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, to audition for this and be seen for this, I just didn't want to do it right. because we. I felt musicians do music and I, you know, I don't know why I was thinking that, but I think that's part of the passion of being a musician. It can be very selfish. It can say, no, no, no. I only want you with me, you know? So David E. Talbert is is stepped. I met him and um, I was referred to him through a number of people. And I literally ran from that opportunity. I was, I will tell you, I was led by fear, Mm. fear of, I don't know this. Like I know music. I don't understand this crap. Like I know music. And there was also music in there saying no, but I got so much great support and something in me said, you know what? I got to try it. I got to, this beautiful art form of acting, stop being afraid and right. running from opportunities. And I stepped into the lead role doing on live on stage every night in front of thousands of people. Can you even believe that? <laughs> and, um, but you know what? What was the believed? role? What was the role? The name of the role was uh, Time Prentice Mm -hmm. and a woman, a complicated woman going through a lot of different experiences in life. And um, I'm going to tell you, I'm just glad that I embraced that opportunity and it just lit my fire for acting. So it was 
Yeah, so it's called Love and Nick of Time. It's uh, you can anybody can see it now. It's you know, it's uh, it's a uh, it because we actually shot it as a live. Uh, at, uh, 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 we shot it live too, so it was a live uh, musical that we traveled around the country doing, uh, which was amazing. But we also shot it as a movie. Wow. Type of okay. Yes. So it's still out. You can see it. It's still shown sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, so that was oh, where I wow. started. And yeah. so, so, but, you know, somebody comes to you and they say, hey, you know, you, you're this awesome, you know, musician and, and we just want to see you on screen. Cause by the way, uh, everybody go to my website, go to, go to internet movie database, uh, look up Terry Dexter. And I know you will. She's gorgeous. She's just drop dead gorgeous. So I'm sure oh, that they were looking. Of course you are. You know how I feel about you. And it is not just because I'm your friend either. Everyone knows that this girl is just mouthwateringly gorgeous. But but the thing is, I'm sure when they saw you, you know, I hate to say it. I'm just going to say it. That when you have talent and you're gorgeous people are going to want to put that on the screen. Now, mm-hmm. my my question then for you is, granted, you had a little trepidation, but you mm-hmm. decided to do it and you're glad you did it. So, but what what was the kind of that conduit, the the uh, the connection where you were able maybe to get the training? Because I know that you just don't go from being behind a microphone to getting behind in front of the camera. You did did you have a coach or how did you learn to do it? <laughs> Yeah, you know, first thing is I knew when I got back to LA from touring with Love and Nick of Time, I'm when I made that decision, I'm going to continue with acting. I knew that I had to look at it and respect it like music, which means put right. in the hours, put in the time, put in the training. Right. So my mindset was I don't want to rush into this. I need to respect this craft uh, because I looked at other actors like I would look at uh, fellow musicians. Hey, I earned I earned what my experience <laughs> That's is right. now. That's and, right. and I want to make sure that I'm respecting this new amazing craft that I'm stepping into. So, um, yes, I started. I knew that, you know what, I'm going to get all this training. And as long as it takes for me to feel like comfortable mm-hmm. and, and at least semi ready, because we're never you know, we're always learning. Right. Mm-hmm. As actors. Oh, yeah. So. I started in uh, craft uh, uh, craft classes. Uh, really studying the craft for years. Um, Are they like workshops? <laughs> work, workshop classes, or did you have a private coach? Oh yeah, I <clears throat> I had it all. I had I would go to class every week, sometimes twice a week. Certain studios. Some I stayed for a long period of time in. Um, I also. Uh, at times had coaches, yes, and sometimes I use them for certain opportunities. Right. Um, for yeah, when I get those, it's like, oh, I need a coach, and you just feel like you need to fine tune. <laughs> yeah, like either yeah. either an audition or once you got a part, then you wanted the yes. coach to help you to make the most of that part to to find all Absolutely. the nuances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've worked with great coaches, um, and they're all and they're a great benefit for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and then classes too, you know, I always believe stay in class no matter what. Um, it just keeps your your craft nice and fresh and you're we're constantly learning. And it's also community. I right. love classes too because, you know, we're around other fellow actors and artists oh, yeah. and we're inspired by each other. We're pulling from each other and it's a great support system, which we don't always get in the business, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, right. so, yes. Uh, constantly doing a lot of great classes and and trying to well round my classes from uh i started in uh just studying the craft itself right. um and then moving into like 
improv, which is an amazing tool to study. Now, I um, was living yeah. down the street from uh, from uh, uh, the Groundlings. Yeah. And I didn't you do some classes at the Groundlings in, in I, off of Melrose? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Loved it, loved it, loved it. <laughs> and you would learned you would so come much. to my apartment after after a class yeah. and, and I was literally a half a block away. Uh and, and yes, and that's something I bring up with almost every one of my guests. I will ask, mm-hmm. how has improv helped your craft? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> I, I have to tell you, I think it's just as important. Yeah. Um, now, now, now others may not feel that way, but there's a freedom. Even if we're uh, auditioning or we're work or we're stepping into a role that is uh, written and crafted already, so much comes from improv. So much of the organic right. um, imperta- um, interpretation mm-hmm. of story and role comes from the improv skill. Right, right. <clears throat> being able to think on the spot, being able to go yes. with the flow of what's organic uh, with the blueprint on the paper, but also bringing right. elements and other aspects of this this story to life. And right. that's where that's what you get from improv. For well, sure. we, all, we also we also like to call it playing. And, you know, when when we talk about <clears throat> yeah. a play, uh, but actors, mm-hmm. that's what we do. We play. And when yes. you do improv, we call it games. We do improv games. And, yes. and it's just all all about the playing and so many yes. people they stick to the lines they stick to the you know whatever yeah. we're told we've got to do and then no you're supposed to live that role and be Absolutely. playing playing all the time <laughs> yes. having a good time you know yeah there's a, there's another you know there's there's times on set mm-hmm. where actually you know you may have the director say hey you know what for this take mm-hmm. let's go a little bit off off the page you'll have oh, that situation gosh, happen yes. and we've all been there where it's like you've done they got the takes where yeah. <clears throat> sorry coming from the paper but then yeah. it's like hey let's try something else and hey yeah. go off the page a little <laughs> bit and you got to be you got to be ready to jump into that well you know uh, i worked with fred willard for 15 years <laughs> and and he was he was actually a famous improv actor comedian but but mm-hmm. uh and 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 most of the movies he did, uh, you know, uh, Best in Show, and you know all those those movies that that they that they did a, a Mighty Wind, I think was one of them. You know, most of that was improv, and there's mm-hmm. nothing. I mean, so, so much creativity comes from that. That's why I I knew that we were going to talk about this, and I remembered that you had uh, taken improv classes. So tell me, tell yes. me how all of this culminated to this role of Eileen on A House Divided. A House Divided, and I have to go ahead and preface this for everyone. (laughs) You know, not everybody just decides one day that they're going to go into television, they're going to become an actor, and within a matter of a few years gets on an Emmy-nominated show. But I don't. I suggest everyone get out there, check out A House Divided. It was nominated last year. Fantastic show. Uh, Terry Dexter on this show. uh, Her role is Eileen. Tell us about how you got the role and give us just some you know give, give tell us some uh, some stuff about it and and also some of the the fun behind the scenes experiences yeah um thank you thank you and um you know the so the the thing i really want to put forward is relationships in this business oh, and boy. connecting mm. and networking <laughs> so how i Huge. got this role mm-hmm. was exactly that okay um i met peter weiss who's casting director a few years ago well not a few years ago maybe like uh, maybe six seven years ago something like this um through an opportunity and i booked the opportunity but i my schedule didn't allow me to do it mm-hmm. okay so because he saw my work and that i you know he was you know 
know, going through the process of the uh, the audition, the callback, he was able to see my work. So he kept we, we kept in touch. I would reach out to him here and there to keep that relationship fresh and going. I would right. see him here and there at certain events, industry events, always make sure that I'm, you know, uh, acknowledging him, connecting with him, letting him know what I'm up to, right? That's um, that's networking. Keep going. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So I just kept in touch, made sure that he knew what I was doing and that I was there, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot, again, again, I also yeah. did book something at first. So he knew, okay, she's bookable, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was pretty, uh, uh, he knew my work to a, a certain extent. So that's what happened when this show uh, was casting, he reached out oh. to my team and that's how, <laughs> and literally that's how I got it. And here's the, here's the most amazing part because of the years of networking with him, sending him my reel here and there, yeah. letting him know what I was doing. So he was seeing my work. Mm-hmm. I did, like I said, book something with him before mm-hmm. it was a direct offer. Oh my gosh. You didn't have to fight with a lot of other people. I, he remembered yes. you. And yep. then he saw something he thought he could see you in. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the that's so important wow. in this town. Yep. You have we make connections, um, but also keep make sure that your craft is as best as it can be, right? The best you can as it can be, right. because ultimately with your talent, your craft, and also you as a person, your professionalism, yeah. that's what they remember. And it works. I want to tell you, it yeah. works, and that's <laughs> why I'm on this show. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times when we were I mean, I was living in West Hollywood, we were we were together all the time. Yeah. You had all these opportunities and you'd be like, hey, Ann, you want to go with me to whatever, you know, and I'd be like, either I could or I couldn't. And I, I now that I'm looking back, I think how many times you were invited to do certain things. It would be a networking yeah. opportunity and you rarely turned them down. And, yeah. uh, and you know, it's, it's, if you want to make it in the industry, you've really got to, I hate to say it, but it's play the game. Play the yes, game. Yes, yeah. So what absolutely. what about a house divided? Now, how how is it being on set? What what are your yeah. uh, do you have any fun things all fun anecdotes that you can tell us about being uh, on set? Yes, the best part of, <laughs> of, of playing Eileen and being part of the story for four seasons now. Mm. It's a it's absolute dream because I'm I'm growing with Eileen. Yeah. Um, I love her journey. It's it's amazing to play a character that's going moving through life, expanding, going through right. all the ch- of challenges and the experiences of life. And um, if there's no better, uh, I would say, experience as an actor that we can do. You know that's what I mean? Right. Just moving through her journey. Um, she's a very complicated woman. She's been through a lot of different experiences and things, and mm-hmm. she's she's fighting for what's best for her right. and what she sees as what's best in her priorities in life and so that that it's um you know i just absolutely adore her and you know i'm rooting for her just as the audience is and um she's you know doing her thing (laughs) well i will Um, say this though as as method actors we say she's not she she is you terry and you you literally have taken on uh the the as i like to say and i've said it many times on this show you have put the skin of eileen on yourself and and literally you are eileen and and what i love about it though is you're saying that her character is affecting you. And of mm-hmm. course, you are bringing, obviously, yourself to Eileen. I mean, that that's, Absolutely. you know, and I love that. And so you have to give yourself credit for how yeah. well this show is being received and the, and, and, the, and the way that you are bringing Eileen to life. <laughs> yes, you know, the best part, Anne, too, is 
um, the messages and the outreach from from fans, yeah. from women especially, that reach out to me. And I, I mean, they share so much about, you know, they can relate or they're right. going through this themselves. That's That really put keeps that fire in me to keep moving wow. through this career as yeah. an actor. When you hear the feedback, yeah. um, I love the emotions. I get, sometimes I get yelled at, you know, I'm like, why did you do this? Why did, why, you know, or even in, in person, mm. sometimes here and there, you know, fans from the show, they'll yeah. see, you know, in public. Hey, yeah. And they talk, they talk to me like you are Eileen. Eileen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why? Like, why, why yeah. are you doing this? I'm like, uh, you know. <laughs> but that's but that's how uh, invested people I are know. to stories. Well, so no, that's how invested yeah. that they are in your character because you have yeah. made that character so believably you that when they yeah. see you on the streets, they truly don't know that you're Terry. They think that you are Eileen, and that yeah, is the greatest compliment you can get yes absolutely Uh, absolutely and the whole uh, crew cast the team i absolutely love everybody with going through four seasons now you really truly become a family oh i know they're my family oh my gosh and i hope it continues for a long time so i want to ask one one i guess this would be my final question we're coming up on the half hour mark and i just want to say i want to ask you you've you've given so much just in giving us your history you've already giving us given us so much great advice but what would would you to just encapsulate your opinion of not only the music industry but the acting industry give us your just 30 second little piece of advice i would say authenticity okay authenticity you knowing that all of uh, you know that you're enough yeah. You are enough. I think that you know, as in the act, in the yeah. acting world, is in the craft. It's we feel, especially in the beginning, we yeah. need to pull from the outside. Right. And I would say what I was told in my, when I first started, in the like the first week I started acting, and I'll end it with this: give yourself permission to be. Oh boy. There you go. Don't don't try to pretend to be anything else other than you. And B is a capital B. And that Absolutely. is who you are. And, and that's why we always say we apply the skin of our characters and whatever we're doing. You know, as a musician, you also play a character. When you get behind yeah. that mic, you know, you are yeah. there for the audience and you're giving you're giving them a character to 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 feel and experience. And, right. and so that's what makes you such a great. I mean, you came into the music music industry conquered it and then you could just take those skills and to the acting industry well terry i can't tell you how much this has probably been one of the most beneficial episodes we've had as far as just getting the raw information and i hope that oh my gosh (laughs) i will stay on the line okay i'm going to close out the episode but i want you to stay on the line guys don't forget we're going to have all of the links to terry's work on the podcast show notes be sure to check them out also be sure to check out the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify we're on everything actually so check us out subscribe tell your friends about us we really appreciate you tuning in this has been the actor's guide tag you're it this has been the actor's guide for more information about ann johnston brown or to join the tag team please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.